Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. If I had not had a chance to meet you yet, uh, my name is Samuel, and Becca and I, we do. It's just an, we have the absolute honor of serving you guys here at Life West. And good morning. Look forward to getting to know you guys. Hang out afterwards. Love to meet you. We really, really would. And I do just want to start off this morning. So Life West uh, Church, this is not our building. We actually, when we, we launched in a, in a school, in the middle school, and then COVID happened, and we bounced around to a barn. How many of you remember the barn? We were in the barn for a while and made that work, and then we are like, it's getting cold. What are we going to do? And we reached out to Alice here and we're like, hey, um, would you guys be open to us coming and using the building for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months? And they're like, absolutely. The building's here to build the kingdom. And they have just been amazing. We're like, oh, we're sorry. We, we're, we're parking in your grass. And like, we'll, we'll plow the grass. We don't, I mean, just, we want to use the building. To, we want to see it to use to be, to, to build the kingdom of God. And they've had just an amazing attitude. So would you just help me say thank you to Alice and the, their team? Um, it is, it is such a blessing. And they just have a heart to build the kingdom of God. And so we just want to over and over let them know just how, how grateful and thankful we are to be able to be here. And we are looking and working. I mean, yeah, we asked if we could be here for a couple of months. And that was like a, a long time ago, almost a year ago, coming up on a year ago. And they have been just such, such a blessing. And there's some possibilities for the fall because, as, as, as you know, we need some space. We really need some space, so we're, we're really hoping and praying for some stuff to open up, and when I know for sure, I'll let you know. So that's coming, and then another thing that's coming up that I wanted to mention is this, and this is super last minute, because we've been trying to get this person to come and speak, and they've just been telling me no, and I'm like, no, I really need to get you out. You're like, no, 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 and so finally, one of the times I asked, and I was like, hey, will you please come and speak, and they're like, okay, fine, I'll come. So next week... So next week, going to be here to speak is Pastor Dwayne. He's going to be here next week. Um, I'm super excited. I told him, I said, you either come or no more lattes. And he's like, okay, okay, I'll, I'll come. That's, that's not really how it went. But he's going to be with us next week. I'm really, really excited for that. I invite you to come back. It's going to be a lot of fun. But today, we're doing baptisms. And that's really what this is. Maybe you're like, what is going on this morning? Why is there an inflatable hot tub in church? This is what we use for baptisms. And, and maybe baptisms are kind of new to you, or you're like, I've got an idea about it, I'm not exactly sure. But here's what we see. When we look at Scripture, we see what happens when we become believers. And, and really, if you look in your Bibles at the book of Acts, it's in the New Testament, the book of Acts, and, and Acts really stands for the Acts of the Apostles. And it was really the start of church. The start of church, the early church. Jesus had come. Jesus, he, he leaves. He'd been raised from the dead. He'd walked around. This is all over. He's, he's talked to the disciples. The disciples talked to him. Doubting Thomas put his fingers in Jesus' wounds. It's like, okay. Um, Pentecost happens. So the Holy Spirit falls on this group of people. And we see, after Jesus has left, this is Acts. We see what's going on. We see the birth, really, of the church, the people. The body of Christ is born. And here's what we see. Pentecost has just happened. The Holy Spirit has fallen. People are speaking in tongues. People are hearing it. They're like, what's going on? And 
a crowd has come around to try to see what's going on, these followers of Jesus, what is going on. And the Bible says this in Acts chapter 2, that Peter gets up and he preaches. And he preaches an amazing message. And we know it is because of the result. But this is what we see right here. Acts chapter 2, verse 37 says this. It says, Peter's words pierced their hearts, the hearts of the crowd. And they said to him and the other apostles, they said, brothers, what must we do? And Peter replied, each one of you must repent from your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and then you'll receive the Holy Spirit. He's like, look, you need to believe in Jesus and get baptized. And so that's what we're going to do today, is we are going to baptize some people. Why do we do that? Because that's what Jesus told us to do. Jesus told us to do that. He's talking to his disciples, and he says this in Matthew, in Matthew 28, 19, he said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. This is what we do. So Peter preaches. They say, what do we need to do? And he says, repent and be baptized. And in verse 41 of Acts chapter 2, we, we find out what happened. And the Bible says that 3,000 people were baptized and were added to the church that day. Imagine baptizing 3,000 people. I think that's a bit of an undertaking. Like, that's not just easy. We just read over it, like, baptize 3,000 people. Like, oh, that happened. Like, really? You're like, line up. Can you imagine the wrinkles, the prune fingers you'd have? You're just in there just again and again and again and again. And there's, okay, let's get another one in here. 3,000 people. But I, want, I say that because I want you to understand it wasn't easy. But they're like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do what Jesus said to do. Jesus told his disciples, go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that's why we do this. That's why we do this. And sometimes, I think it's, this is definitely, let me say it like this, this is definitely one of those things where we put aside our own understanding and in all our ways, we acknowledge God. We say, God, I'm going to do it your way. I think it can be easy to read in the Bible, and you read about things like Joshua and the entire Israelite army marching around the city of Jericho six times quietly, doing absolutely nothing, saying nothing. And on the seventh day, they did this once a day for six days. On the seventh day, they marched around the city seven times without saying a word. And then when the priests blew their trumpets, everybody yelled as loud as they could, and the walls came crumbling down. Now, that happened. But the hard part, the hard part is doing something that you don't understand. Can you imagine marching around that city not saying a word? I think it's really interesting that God told Joshua to tell them to march around the city, but God did not tell Joshua, tell them not to say a word. But Joshua told everybody, don't talk. I think he knew what would happen if they were talking when they were walking. Man, what are you, why are you walking? I don't know. Are you tired? I'm sore. You got something? I got a sliver. I got a splinter. I got this. Like, I'm not doing this. This isn't doing any good. It's obvious this isn't doing any good. Do you see the wall moving? I don't see the wall moving. Did you see it move yesterday? No. I put that stone right there yesterday so I could tell if it moved. It didn't move. I'm telling you, this thing isn't moving. We've done this six days in a row. I think that's why Joshua was like, no talking. Like, just, just don't do it. Just don't do it. 
And baptism is one of those things. There's so many of them. The Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Well, why do we lay hands on the sick? Because the Bible says so. Is there power in my hands? No, but there's power when I obey God's word. And baptism is the same thing. We can look at this and we can say, it's an inflatable hot tub full of some water from a tap. What difference does it make? But it's obeying God's word. And we do what God's word says. And it can, it can take something to get over the fact that it's just water. But it's not just water when we do what God says. It's not just okay, I'm something I'm going to do. It's obedience to God's word. And when that happens, when we obey God, that's where the super comes into the natural, and that's what, that's supernatural. That's what happens. That's what baptism is. We supernaturally identify with what Jesus did. In Romans 6, it says this about baptism. It says, should we go on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? They say, of course not. Why? Why are we different? What happens? Says, Since we have died to sin, how, how long can we continue living in it? Verse 3, or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Jesus in baptism, that's what this is, that's what we're going to see in just a little bit, we're joined with him in baptism, we're joined in his death, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. There's something that happens spiritually. Yes, you're going to go down here. We're going to get to see it. We see and we know what this symbolizes, but spiritually it says we die with Christ. We're buried with him. That part of, part of us, when you come back up, doesn't come back up. It stays down. We're buried with him through baptism. Verse 4, for we died and were buried with Christ through baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised with him in new life. Verse 6, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin no longer, so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. We're set free from it. We're set free. We're, we're brought up. We're raised new. Here's what we're not. We're not reformed. Like, okay, I was doing this, but I'm not. We're not rehabilitated. Like, okay, yep, I made it out of this. No, we are raised new. We're raised new. We're not revived. People get revived. You put the little paddles on it. You push the button. People get revived. That happens. That's not what this is. This is being raised new. What we see is somebody goes under the water and they come back up. Spiritually, you go down. You are buried with Christ. And when you come up, you are new. You are new. We identify with Christ through this. This is a symbol. It's a symbol of what happens spiritually, similar to marriage. Now, I actually do not have a wedding ring on right now. Um, I, I told Becca the other day, I'm like, I need a wedding ring. I'm going to get hit on. I really need one. Everybody laughs when I say that, and I don't know why, but... <laughs> She likes me, so hey, I'm, I'm good with that. She's happy with me. I'm good. But I, I don't have one. When we, when we got married, I got a wedding ring. I was like, this is awesome. I was like, this is great. And it was, I think it was tungsten. And it was, it was thick. It was heavy. And I'm like, this ring, I'm like, it drives me nuts. It's, it's hot when I'm cold. I'm cold when it's hot. It's weird. I told Becca, I said, this ring is sucking the life out of me. I'm like, not our marriage. I'm like, the ring itself. It's like the ring was driving me nuts. So finally, I just got rid of it, and I got some uh, rubber rings. You could get like four for 15 bucks. 
And I'm like, yes. And so I would put that on, and I loved it because I could climb, I could bike. Uh, I didn't lose it. It, didn't, didn't, it wouldn't come off. And if it ever got caught on something, they would just tear off. I was like, oh, that's great. That's awesome. But I would, I would fidget with it. And I would just flip the rubber one back and forth. Just da, 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 da. Anybody a fidgeter in here? No, a few. A few people are like, I'm too busy fidgeting to even raise my hand right now. But I would fidget with that thing back and forth. And so I wear the rubber ones out, just going, boom, it breaks. I'm like, oops, there goes another one. Well, I don't have one right now, but what is it? A wedding ring symbolizes the fact that I'm married. The Bible says that the two become one. There's something that happens spiritually when we get married. What God has joined together, the Bible says, let man not separate. There's something that spiritually happens, but that wedding ring represents it. Now, if you go to a restaurant, you see somebody sitting by themselves, and you watch them, they kind of look around, pull that wedding ring off and put it in their pocket, little alarms go off, don't they? You're like, oh, I'm going to watch this. What's about to happen here? Something not good. That's what you think, because they've taken off a symbol of a covenant. They've taken off some, some, something, what, what's going on there? This is a symbol. Baptism is a symbol, but it represents something that happens spiritually, and this is the step for every single believer. This is the step where we say, okay, God, I'm going to do things your way. I'm going to do it your way. You may have come to Christ. You may have given your heart to God while you're driving down the road. Or maybe, maybe you're crying in your bed. Maybe it was at a funeral for a loved one. Maybe it was online last week or sitting in here. I don't know what it was. But you made that decision. That was a personal decision that between you and God. You make it. It's done. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, you will be saved. It's sealed. It is done. You did it. Baptism is public. Baptism is, a, okay, I am doing this. This is me. I may have made that decision on my own, but today in front of other people, I am declaring this. This is what I am doing. This is what baptism is. It's a decision that a believer makes. It's a decision that a believer makes. And I say that because we do what we call, it's, it's believer's baptism. It means you need to know what something means. You need to know what the symbol is before you do it. And that's what we see over and over and over. We see a believer's baptism. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. He says, follow my example as I follow Christ. And if we look at what Jesus did, Jesus was baptized as an adult. Jesus was baptized as an adult. Not only that, but Matthew 3.16 says this, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. He went up out of the water. And that's why we have this. It would be a whole lot easier to get a cup of water and like sprinkle people. It'd be fun too. <clears throat> I'd be up for that. But I want to do what Jesus said to do. Paul said, follow my example as I follow Christ. Jesus, the Bible says, he came up out of the water. He was being baptized in the Jordan River. So what we do is we go through a little bit of trouble to fill this up with water, to get it all nice and warm, and we bought an inflatable hot tub so that you could come up out of the water because we want to do what Jesus did. Baptism, that word literally means to submerge. It's a, it comes from baptismo, and it means to submerge, to complete. It's, it's a burying. When you bury a body, hopefully you haven't been doing that lately, unless that's like, I know it came out a little weird after I said that. When you bury a body, if you were to bury a body, what do you do? You dig it deep. And you, I'm just, let's just move on to the next one. 
I don't know, that one just came out. It came out fine first service. This one, I just went a little weird with that one. Let's just move on to the next one. Symbols. Follow me. We're moving to symbols here. It's a symbol, but we want to know what it represents. We want to know and understand what that symbol represents. That's why we call it a believer's baptism. Years ago, I went on a missions trip to Venezuela when I was a teenager. And I went with a group of teenagers. There was about 80 of us that went. And they break, break us up into teams, and then we go do skits out on the streets, and then you get translators, and we do some... some and it was awesome. We'd lead, get to pray with people, lead them to Christ and pray and, and minister in some churches. It was really fun. But right when we got down to Venezuela... All of us teenagers, we're looking around like, this is amazing. There's like a family of seven riding a moped. We're like, look at that. Oh, my goodness. And, and like, look at this over here. And we're watching all these different things, and we're pointing at things. And in our, we had a translator. One of the people we were working with is on this bus as we're heading back to the hotel. And he's like, stop. So we get to the hotel. They get us all together. And they're like, all right, you guys have got to stop pointing. And I'm like, what? He's like, you got to stop pointing. He's like, the culture here, when you guys are excited and you're pointing at all these different things that you're seeing while you're going down the road, and they're like, here, pointing with your pointer finger is like you guys back in the States pointing with the middle finger. And we're like, what? He's like, yeah, don't do it. He's like, stop. He's like, don't do that anymore. And we're like, how do we point? And he's like, you point with your nose. So like, you need to use the bathroom? It's right over there. And that person over there needs to go over there. I'm like, this is, you have to just go right around the corner. Like, that's, that's what you do. And we're like, are you serious? He's like, yup. That's what that means. This is what it is. And baptism is a symbol. It represents what happens spiritually, but it's something that we want people to understand. So children are more than welcome to get baptized, but they need to know what that symbol represents. They need to know, hey, this is what's happening spiritually. This is what that represents. They need to understand what that is. And we want to follow Jesus' example. And what we see over and over and over in Scripture is we see, we see believers' baptism. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. It's repent and then be baptized. And right after that, they often, what do we hear mentioned? We mention the Holy Spirit. If you're new to the Holy Spirit, you're getting baptized this morning, like I don't know a whole lot about that. Next week, during second service, we're going to have a class on that right upstairs. And I'm pointing because the door's right over there, and that's where it is. And I'm not pointing like that. Because that's just weird. I love that we use these fingers. But we're going to have a class right upstairs. But what we see over and over is a believer's baptism. Matthew 3, verse 6. Confessing their sins, they were baptized. So first they confessed, and then they got baptized. Acts 8, 12. But when they believed Philip as he preached the gospel in the name of the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. They believed, and then they were baptized. And I know people who have been, and they say, hey, I was baptized as a baby um, or sprinkled as an infant, something like that. Like, sh should I get baptized? Short answer, yes. Because what we see in Scripture, what Jesus did is a believer's baptism. And I think it's wonderful that your parents are like, hey, we want to dedicate this, want to dedicate them to God, that they took steps with what they knew. But when I look at what the Bible has to say, I will tell you, yes, do it. This is the decision that you make and you need to believe 
and then be baptized. And that's what we see over and over and over, is that as an adult, you, as a believer, as somebody who's old enough to make that decision, you make it. You make that for yourself and say, okay, this is a believer's baptism. Now, when we talk about this, so a question that, that, that comes up is this. Well, do I have to be baptized to go to heaven? Like, you might have a loved one that you're like, well, they accepted God like in the hospital or on their deathbed, and it was, they, they didn't get baptized, and is, we're seeing it's a believer's baptism, repent, be baptized, is, can you get into heaven without it, and what, did they make it, what, what do I need to do? And, and Jesus actually answered that question, because Jesus, as he's hanging on the cross, the Bible says he hung there with two thieves, one on his left and one on his right. And he's hanging there, and in Luke, we have this account, and this is what it says. It says that one of the criminals, this is Luke 23, 39, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insult at him, talking about Jesus, says, aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. Verse 40, but the other criminal rebuked him and said, don't you fear God? He said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Somebody quick, baptize him. No. He said this, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. He's hanging on the cross. He realizes, I deserve to be here. He doesn't. He's done nothing wrong. He is the Christ. He declares that. He believed it in his heart. Romans says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, he did it. Jesus doesn't say, up oh, too bad. I mean, if somebody could baptize you, you could be there, but you can't, so I'm sorry. No, Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. It is not a salvation issue, but it is a I follow Jesus issue. If I'm going to do it God's way, I'm going to follow him. And I don't follow him with just like, okay, my big toe's in. It's like, no. It's not you test out the water, like, how is it? It's no. It's you jump off the pier and it's like, I hope nothing's in there. Here we come. We are in. This is how we do it. And we're following Jesus. And that's what baptism is. It's a, I'm going to follow him with all that I have. I understand that something's happening spiritually. The spiritually, I am new, that the old me is staying down, and I'm coming up, and what this represents, and I'm doing it. I'm following him with all that I have. It's following Jesus. I love what happened. Philip, the Bible talks about him in Acts. It says that he was walking. He runs into somebody who he hears reading the Bible, not understanding it. And Philip's like, hey, do you understand what you're reading? The guy's like, no, I don't. He's like, let me explain it to you. So he jumps up with this guy and he's riding down the road and we're just witnessing him and telling him about Jesus. And the guy accepts Jesus. In Acts 8.36, as they ride along, they come to some water and the eunuch, the man that had just been led to Christ, says this, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He's like, okay, if this is the water, I'm ready. Let's do this. And that's what we get to do today. We're going to celebrate these guys, and you guys can go ahead and we can take the cover off here. That would be great. We're going to get going in just a minute here, and we're going to watch some people get baptized, where they say, today is the day I'm going to do this. I'm going public, and I know what I'm doing. I'm going to make a decision to follow Jesus, and I'm going to follow him in baptism. 
And so we're going to do this in just a moment. But before we do, I want to ask you, here's some water. What's stopping you from getting baptized? If you've made that decision before, don't wait. We got towels. Take one with you. Put it on your seat when you're done, something. But head on. But jump in. We'd love to have you. But before we do, I just want to make sure that everybody who's here on the other side of the screen, wherever you are, that you know where you stand with God. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to give an opportunity. If you're here today or you're watching and you say, you know what? I don't know where I stand with God. I've heard about him, but I don't have a relationship with him. I want a relationship with God. I want to know my sins are forgiven, that I'm on my way to heaven, and I want to begin to walk out the plan and the purpose that he has for me. Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So if that's you and you say, today's my day, I want to give my life to him. Then at the count of three, I want you to be bold and you're going to shoot your hand up high. Get ready. One, two, three. Shoot it up. Say, that's me. And today is my day. I'm giving my heart. I'm giving my life to him. All right. Okay, hands down and let's just pray. If you're online you can, and you raise your hand, you just pray with us here as well. But we're going to all pray out loud. Just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me so I could be free. For shedding your blood for me. From now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I choose you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.